0: Hello. 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 Hello.
1: Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is asif Lakani. My co host is Nabil Alani. And our producer is Nader Wazir. And on today's episode, we're going to spill more beer because
0: we've that already done it.
2: That wasn't that
0: bad. <laughs> that wasn't. It. Uh, it just splurted in the opening
2: i use a different word. But yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, we got more
1: beers. We got plenty of beers for today's show. We also got a lot of NFL free agency talk. The Falcons have made some moves. The Bears have made some moves. The NFL as a whole has made some moves. Free agency is still happening. The draft is on its way soon. Uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about on today's episode because there's only one sport to talk about right now, and that is our beloved NFL. Um, what
0: brings us together, really? The only oh, yeah. thing we have in common. Um, wow. But, man, that beer you're pouring looks really, like, that's a good color.
2: Yeah, so now there's... I have to find this weird technique where I cap it and then I have to turn it.
0: That's a big can.
1: That's one quart of beer right there, one quart in a crowler. and it goes pouring for us <laughs> masterfully.
0: Yeah, actually, he's not making much of a mess like he usually does. Um, good.
1: Shout out to Atlanta Tech Park. My, that's where we're recording. My time in quarantine, I have um, mastered.
2: P-
0: picked up how to pour.
2: Yep. <laughs> now i got learn how to crack, so it's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, but what he is pouring is brought to us from Nocturnal Brewery, uh, and it's called Bong. Uh, that's just uh, my Indian way of pronouncing it because I believe that's well, it's how it's pronounced. B-H-A-N-G. B-H-A-N-G, yeah. It is an IPA sitting at 7.2. It's a quadruple hopped IPA with calif- Carolina-grown malts. Um, you can smell
1: the malt in here for
0: sure. And pina colada notes. Where is this from? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: nocturnal Brewing. They're in North Carolina. I think they're not too far from Asheville. Dope.
0: And then
1: shout out to Nav for the can, right? Yep. Thank you, Nav. Thank oh, you, yeah.
0: Nav. We appreciate you as always. Oh, yeah. um, what do you guys think? It looks really pretty. The color is so nice.
2: The smell is very hoppy. So, mm. all right, that's-
1: it smells good. I mean, I'm waiting for this foam to settle real fast, but it's uh, definitely hazy, you know? Um, which is good. This is lately the style of IPAs that I've been into, so I'm super excited about this one. And I think there's – Nabil poured, like, two full pours of this, and I think we still have plenty left in the can for us to drink later. Oh, we,
2: we have enough for me, so. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> but we got more beer here, so this is great. All right, so let's try this. Mm.
0: As they sip away.
1: I like that. Oh, man, that pina colada smooth, like – very smooth, like very, a pina colada. Very smooth, very smooth. Yeah, for, especially for quadruple hop. This is super smooth.
0: Does it does it come in at the beginning or right at the end? How does it uh? How does it hit you?
2: Well, like the mouthfeel is smooth. So, okay. kind of like the entire, when it hits your tongue and then when you swallow it, it goes a very smooth process. <laughs> like, if you would have
1: told me this was a quadruple IPA, <laughs> which you did tell me it's a quadruple IPA before drinking it, yeah. I would have thought it would be a lot more hoppy. But no, it's actually very smooth, super drinkable. Uh, I mm. like this a lot, and well, it, it tastes, tastes great. A
2: quadruple hopped. I don't think that necessarily means it's a quadruple IPA. Mm. Yeah. So, but,
1: but yeah. still, even your double dry hopped IPAs, you can yeah. usually tell, right? You know.
2: And to be honest, it's a little heavier than I expected on you know drinking wise. It's sitting at a seven point two. So we've had, I think I've had um, like hoppier or like taste wise that are heavier beers that are you know not that are higher ABB wise. So. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and we are back. I was apparently talking in the wrong mic and now they're in Austin for like, dude, you're at the wrong Fix it. mic. So if you
0: don't hear in the bill for the first like 20 minutes or like two minutes of this episode, that's why. Um, so yeah, we had just tried bong, uh, um, from
2: nocturnal brewing in Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, yep, the, it, uh, Northern Carolina. Nord- up the two. <laughs> um,
0: and then, um, we have some s- updates on sports. Um, it's been a really interesting off season. I don't know if the off season's been really good or because there's nothing else to watch is why the off season is so exciting. But I'm so s- like, even if it's like the stupidest sports news, I'm so excited every I'll time I get a ESPN all update.
2: I'll say all the above. Yeah. Well, I
1: was gonna let the bill handle that, yeah. and to the point of. The NFL offseason is always really exciting. Yeah. You know, you only get like, I don't want to say a handful, you get more than, I'd say you get about a dozen players um, who make splashes with their signings yeah. or a dozen teams, you know, a handful of teams and a dozen players who make splashes with signing and trading and whatnot. And so far we've had DeAndre Hopkins, Tom Brady go and that was last week. Yeah. yeah. And then this week we had a Super Bowl winning quarterback come to Chicago. Yep. We had yeah. one of the, we had a guy who had 11 and a half sacks come to Atlanta. Yep. Maybe one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL at one point potentially could have been or could still be, yeah. hopefully, yeah.
2: come to Atlanta. And wow. a multiple first r- former first-round picks come to both of our franchises. Yes, yeah, talk right. about so, teasers. Yeah. Where are we
0: starting? Are we starting with the Bears?
2: Uh, let's, let's start with the—I uh, um, think he's the only Super Bowl champion on this list, so let's start with that one. Right. We were
0: talking about Nick Foles yeah, to uh, the Bears.
2: Yep, you, you know his nickname in the locker room, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't. What was it?
2: Uh, does, does this,
1: By the way, this ex- episode is about to be explicit. It's not the first time we're going to mention this explicit term on this episode. <laughs> we
2: are talking about Big Dick Nick.
0: Big Dick Nick, not I, Dick Pound. Nope. He he'll be coming later. He'll on. come on later. But why is uh, why is he known as? Big dick. I, I don't even know why I'm asking the question, but I'm just gonna. How, how the fuck did he get that nickname?
2: Um, well, so y- you know, <laughs> at the, birth, so, so, you, so, so you know, that coronavirus guy, All right. the, the guy in the coronavirus picture. Every time you say, Oh, coronavirus found here, there's this one person, yeah, 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 yeah. So they have something in common, apparently. okay,
0: cool. Uh, yeah. moving on.
2: So, yeah, about so I last week when we were talking about Bears quarterbacks, who's gonna, you know, be the backup <laughs> to Trubisky. <laughs> um I wanted the Bears to wait. Yeah, you know, I wanted them to be patient. What <coughs> they did, they went Oppo, <laughs> and they weren't patient, and they gave up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles and took majority of the contract. Now, that move I don't like.
0: But they did add an es- escape clause where yeah, either d- either side could cut it and in one either the first year or second year. Uh-uh. Is that they, that's not how it works?
2: They didn't add an escape clause. They added also a great movie, Santa Claus, part two, the escape clause. Um,
0: I part three was the escape clause, but yeah. No,
2: part three is uh, Jack Frost. Jack Frost, okay. There you go. Got uh, don't, don't touch me on Christmas. My bad. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Or now, for that matter. you're yeah, yeah. not yeah. touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what they did was they made the contract, they re- restructured the contract and where, essentially, Nick Foles can opt out of his contract either end of this season or end of next season.
0: Okay, so the Bears can't cut it. Nick Foles can cut it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if Nick, Foles, if Nick Foles goes amazing or has an amazing season, then he can, you know, uh, get rid of the rest of the contract and double dip and try to make more money, ah. which is fine. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of hope that happens because that means the Bears have had a good season. Exactly. So, but, okay, in terms of do I like Nick Foles... As a quarterback, yes. Do I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Bears by week two? Yes. By
0: week two. That's your bold prediction. So
2: week one, I'm still saying it might be Mitch because Ryan Pace wants Mitch so bad. But...
1: You don't want to be wrong about your guy.
2: Right. 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 So, but the thing is, I also think a big factor of us bringing Nick Foles in is because... 80% 80% of our offensive coaching staff has worked with Nick Foles before. Yeah, of course. With the coronavirus pandemic going on right now, there's not going to be much of an offseason training-wise. OTAs are not going to happen.
0: Which is what we're training, expecting. C-
2: training camp is going to be delayed. Yep. Right now, I'm just hoping the NFL season starts on time. I don't even mm. know if that's going to happen. Do you think we go into next year's CBA
1: rules where there's one less preseason game off the bat for this year?
2: Um, Potentially. I, I mean, I mean, it, it could happen, I right? Mean, so it's so early for the NFL to start adjusting that they don't have to yet.
1: And uh, I, I don't think that they should make any calls yeah, yet either. I I,
2: I I could see them pushing games back a little bit. um, or Maybe de- maybe delaying the season a little bit and, you know, starting a week, two weeks after. What is it? Labor Day? Is that the holiday that um, yep. two weeks after Labor Day instead of a week after Labor Day?
0: So. I mean, yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, back to Nick Foles, though.
2: I, I, so I do think Nick Foles is going to run the offense way better than Mitch. I, he's, I know they're saying he's not an RPO quarterback as much, Yeah. but you know what he can do? He can hit open wide receivers. And that's one thing I've seen Mitch overthrow many wide receivers. Also, Nagy's going to trust him. I mean, we saw how Nagy trusted Chase Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Chase Daniel just can't make the throws. Well, Nick can. He's Big Dick Nick. Nick. He makes the throws. He um, can even catch a ball, too. He uh, yeah. in the Super I mean, Bowl. listen, we, we have two out of the three members of the Philly Special on the Bears. Yeah, that's true. We just need, what is it, Clements? I think that's the running back who pitched it over to Trey Burton. Yeah. yeah. We can do the Philly Special in Chicago. We'll just call it an Italian beef. Wait, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Portillo's. And
1: one more thing about Nick <laughs> Foles, too, that I want to say is, like, I think he's a great addition to Chicago. I yeah. think it's a good uh, leadership choice. I mean, the guy has a Super Bowl, right? And he yeah. helped win, He helped them win the Super Bowl. So it's not like he was just on the roster and he got the ring. He played a huge role in that game, one. But, two, Nabil, if I recall correctly, you said um, maybe at some point last year that uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, both of their jobs are on the line potentially. Or if, like if yeah. they don't get it right,
2: then they might be given the pink slip. I think right now Ryan Pace over Matt Nagy. I think Ryan Pace's job is more on the line than Matt Nagy.
1: And and that's why I think that this move happens, right? Because you have to make a splash. You have to show the fans you're committed to winning. You have to say, okay, maybe we got it wrong about our guy. Let's swallow our pride and let's do something to save our asses. How can we save our ass? Well, let's go get a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Which
0: is what I like over our previous GM because our previous GM took a while. Phil Emery? Yeah. What do you mean? like there was a there was a couple of signings that, that didn't pan out and the player stayed a while on I the mean, team. I
2: mean Phil Emery rolled the dice. He he got Brandon Marshall, he got Martellus Bennett, he extended Jay Cutler. He he di- he did everything that he thought he was doing. He rolled the dice. Yeah. Now, did he have the right coach to do it? No.
0: I don't think so. So, I, he
2: he failed by hiring Trestman over um Bruce Arians,
0: but even the way he handled like Tressman stayed a season too long, and then no, 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 Tressman, no,
2: Tressman was one game out of the playoffs his rookie year, mm. and then he got fired the year after. Was it really, a fight year after? Yep he, he he only got two of his four years. Well, Damn.
1: not the not to play spoiler, but there are some odd games that the Bills going to talk about that yeah. we're going to be able to see the Mark Tresman era potentially. Oh, I don't want to see the Mark yeah. Trestman era. <laughs> well, just to verify yeah. whether or not he stayed yeah. longer than okay. he should have. Uh, uh, uh,
2: but just a couple of other signings the Bears did have. Uh, they did roll the dice on two um, two former first round picks. One is Artie Burns. Uh, they got him from Stee- from the Steelers. Yep. He was a first-round pick r- in the 20s. He is a former teammate of um, Dion Bush, who is our um, who is our safety most likely right now. And um, we also brought in Barkibius Mingo, mm-hmm. It's is a cool name to say. Mingo. Mingo.
1: He's a beast for Cincinnati, right? At one point.
2: No, he has never lived up to his hype of a first-round pick. Um, but he. Um, Did he play for Cincinnati, though? I think he may have played for Cincinnati. I know he was on the Browns. Yeah, I know he was he on, he the, was Browns on, he was on the Browns for a while. He was on the Browns, Seahawks, Houston. He may. He, like you said, he was a beast for Cincinnati. That's why I said no, because mm. he was never a beast. Right. He may have played for Cincinnati. I'm not sure. Well, let's um, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's just a potential, like, he just has a lot of potential athletic person who has never lived up to it. But he's, you know. Let, let's roll the dice. You know, yeah. where everyone's rolling the dice. Chicago, Atlanta, everyone's rolling the dice. And Again, let's, you're trying to save your ass, right? Make there some we moves. go. Yeah. So, what are the moves the Atlanta made, Asif? There was um,
0: one more. There was, uh, no. sorry, Jordan Lucas had safety from oh, the yeah, Chiefs, who Chiefs. was also signed. Yep. Um, uh, which is another just backup safety area. Yeah.
2: Just protection, low risk, maybe semi reward, possible some well, reward. Before
1: we jump to Atlanta real quick, I want to transition with, what are your like. Quick one to two cents what are your expectations for Chicago now? Uh, obviously, you know, no training camp, no OTAs, but like in an ideal scenario, let's say we hopefully get a full season at this point because I think that's what we all want yeah. no matter yeah. what. So, in an ideal scenario, we get a full season and maybe like one or two weeks of like training camp practices, whatever. What are your
2: expectations for Chicago
1: with these new additions?
2: So, I don't have any expectations until I know what happens with the quarterback competition. If it's a true competition and the better quarterback is going to win, then my expectations are playoffs. If they're going to keep trying to make Mitch the quarterback, then I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Hmm.
1: But so you would think that if Nick Foles plays so the Bears would make a run.
2: Yeah. Uh, and like, let's say it's a true quarterback competition and there's no way for me to really know if it's a true quarterback mm-hmm. competition and, and Mitch actually beats out Nick Foles then, yeah, I'll find out week one that Mitch is, I don't know, maybe he finally, the lights finally turned on. <laughs> but I'm not expecting the lights to turn on.
1: Okay, and then I'll also add to, so general consensus in the room is that Nick Foles is obviously a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. at least Track record-wise, but also probably skill-wise, even though he's coming off kind of a serious injury. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Well, Mitch also has coming off an injury as well. That's true. The they're shoulder. Both? Yeah, they're, yeah. He's, they're both coming off shoulder injuries.
1: Okay, so then they're kind of level in that sense. But Thanks. Nick Foles being the better quarterback. And then uh, you guys might hate me if I forget this name, off, but Greg Robinson is the guy you guys got from Dallas. Alan, Alan
0: Robinson. Alan Robinson. Oh, sorry. Well, Quinn. Robinson. Quinn. Robert, Robert Quinn. Robert, Robert Quinn.
1: Quinn. Okay, yeah. sorry. So Robert Quinn is the guy you guys got from Dallas. So now the Bears' defense is stacked up. Obviously, you're gonna make moves in the draft. You got? Mm-hmm. Did you get Eddie Jordan back? Is that the guy's Eddie name? Jackson. Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson so for his safety. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be okay. back there. So <laughs> then I mean, he was never leaving. Right. So then you guys, but okay. So he's back. Mm-hmm. The line is beefed up. You got a Super Bowl winning quarterback in a system that he knows. Maybe yeah.
2: so. So last year the Bears gave up 18 points a game, 18 and change a game. Mm-hmm. Do I think Nick Foles can score 19 points a game for the Bears? I do. Okay, 19 points a game. If you score that for the Bears, I think we go to a 10 and six record. Okay, and then with the rest has to playoff.
1: With the defense on the other side to help.
2: Yeah, I mean, I need 19 points from the offense. If the defense mm-hmm. scores points, special teams scores points, oh, that's it's great. A, it's a wrap. It's a bonus. I right? need 19 points from offense. Okay. I mean, and that's really sad in this day and age of football that I'm asking for 19 points of offense. Okay. A game, but yeah. So we'll
1: have yeah. to see what the averages were for Nick Foles when he took over for Philly, and potentially when he played in that system previously, how he did. But yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that, yeah, Falcons. And, they've been making some moves. Uh, yeah. This is the first time I've seen us transition to the Falcons, and Asif has a smile on his face. It's like uh, it's
2: like a hopeful smile. Yeah, hell uh, uh, yeah, man. It's uh, nice. I, I mean, they made some signings that Asif is, I think, enjoying. Yeah, so you think we should let him talk about it. Should we keep talking other? I think we should maybe, keep talking.
0: You know what? Let's let's have him. Let's well, let him have the smile. We don't talking talking know because I drink last. this beer.
1: This is great.
2: Uh, so <laughs> I got no problem. Uh,
0: so the big splash s- signing is Dante Fowler, uh, from the Jaguars. Uh, Asif, what are your thoughts on that, man?
1: Yeah. Well. All right, so before I get into Fowler specifically and everybody else specifically, because I've got it written down here, I just want to say right now I feel about the Falcons offense how I did in 2016, right? And going into 2016, I don't know if I could have told you that the Falcons were going to win the Super Bowl or what have you, but obviously we knew we had a good team to put on the field, and you know, you got to get lucky, of course, but... yeah. um, Right now the way I feel about the Falcons is how I feel about twenty sixteen, which is man, this is a really good team. They have a lot of talent. They have all the pieces that they need, right? You got a good offense, you got a good quarterback, you finally have the help on the line that Mike Ryan needs. You have continuity in the front office and then in, in the head coaching position and then the coordinators, uh, which is obviously good yeah. for any any players, right? Especially when you have new ones coming in. I feel really good about the Falcons now one reason I feel really good about them now they're like you said is Dante Fowler dude had 11 and a half sacks last year he said on Instagram live after he got signed that he has something to prove yeah Um, so far the Falcons have acquired three former SEC players in free agency right so you got Fowler who went to Florida you got Laquan Treadwell who went to Ole Miss and then Hayden Hurst actually went to USC
2: well then four
1: uh, and then four right and Todd Gurley yep so, and all
2: first-round picks.
1: and Yeah, and then now you've got 10 first-round picks starting yep. potentially mm-hmm. on your offense, and then you've got another first-rounder on the bench in Laquan Treadwell, yeah. right, who, hey, man, maybe he could start eventually at least I, one or I, two games. I
0: liked him on the Vikings. I think he did really good filling in when um, – uh, Thielen went down with an injury. He was a he was a really good fill in. I mean, he had a couple of so, big games.
2: So Treadwell reminds me kind of Cordell or Patterson. Like he doesn't have the hands. Yeah, doesn't have the hands.
1: But he was a stud at Ole Miss. Yeah. So definitely. regardless, and he was a former first round pick. So now the Falcons have Dante Fowler, which I think is the biggest signing because. The Falcons were like last in the league in Sacks last year, like toward the very bottom of the league in Sacks were like twenty eight. Yeah. Something. This guy himself had eleven and a half. Now obviously he's playing with Aaron Donald on that same line who is the best defense player in the NFL.
0: Jacksonville. What? Fowler was on Jacksonville, no?
2: Dante Fowler, yeah, it started on Jacksonville, got traded to the Rams.
0: Ah, so last season he was on the Rams. Yeah,
1: I got one right. No, he was uh, on
2: the Rams for the last season and a half. He okay. got traded mid-season last year.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got one right. That's good. Yeah, good okay. did So th- yeah. So then Dante Fowler, again, had <laughs> 11 and a half sacks by himself when the whole Falcons team had 28-something, and six of those came in one game, and also those six that came in that one game against the Saints happened after the bye week, after like week eight. Yeah. Fowler
2: right? got six sacks. Oh, six. Oh, no, the Falcons. Falcons. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, what?
1: So at one point, he probably had more sex by himself or as many sex by himself than the Falcons did as a whole team. It's possible. Which so, is crazy. And so, now he's playing with another stud on the line in Grady Jarrett. Yeah. So I'm sure Grady Jarrett is thrilled about this too.
2: Definitely. So I think the best part about Fowler is the fact that he's only 26.
1: He's yeah. still young.
2: I mean, Robert Quinn. So the Falcons are going after Robert Quinn as well. Mm-hmm. And um, Robert Quinn chose the Bears over the Falcons. And then um, they went after Dante Fowler after. But the thing is that Dante Fowler, I think he wanted a shorter-term deal. That's why they originally went after Quinn. And he did. He got a short-term deal of three years, $48 million, which isn't as crazy as past, are getting right now. And he's only 26.
1: Well, that's a great point. One, I mean, so far, Hayden Hurst is 27. Laquan Treadwell is on his rookie contract the fourth year. The fifth-year option they didn't get picked up by Minnesota. So he's got to be in his mid-20s. Todd Gurley's 25, Fowler's 26. So when you talk about the Falcons needing to go, and then the Falcons also signed an offensive lineman uh, by the name of Justin McCray, who actually used to play for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, and you talk about, hey, we need, and then he played for Baker Mayfield last year. Yep. So when you're looking at, hey, we need a guy who has experience um, working with elite quarterbacks or franchise prize position quarterbacks. The Falcons just added somebody on the offensive line to try out for that left guard spot, and he's 27 as well. Yeah. So the Falcons have not only made splashes in free agency by signing big-name players who are super talented, but they've also gotten younger. And so, you know, Stephen Jackson was a veteran signing that. Oh, he might be past his prime. Matt Bryant past his prime. Dante Fowler, Todd Gurley hopefully are stepping into the prime. Hayden Hurst hopefully stepping into his prime. That's what. That's one thing I really love about the Falcons' free agency moves. Yeah,
0: so just to mention, you have – um, at the, I think after all of the signings, you at this point have 11 possible first-rounders starting on offense. So you have Matt Ryan at quarterback, Todd Gurley at running back, uh, Julio, Calvin, and Laquan at wide receivers, Hayden Hurst at tight end, your tackles, Jake Matthews, James Carpenter, all first-round picks, Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McCary, and Alex Mack. Um, so, you know, just to push back the question you asked, Nabil, so far based off of your off signings, um I think you kind of hinted at this. You with this offense, do you expect this offense to be a Super Bowl run making offense? I I mean Is that is, what I hear you saying?
1: Uh yeah. Frankly, I mean, but the thing is is it's not just about the offense, right? Like of course. we're going to talk about the draft more soon uh on this episode, but the thing is is you know, if for as much flack as I give Matt Ryan and whatever, yeah. second year in the system, I do think that the Falcons offense literally has no excuses right now third and one fourth and one you've got ito smith you've got todd Gurley, you've got hayden hurst you know third and long you've got julio jones you've got calvin ridley like the falcons offense has no excuses to not get it right one but two i think the biggest signing still in the bill tell me how you feel about this i think dante fowler is a huge huge get for the falcons because while we lost desmond trufant and you need to replace a cornerback which the falcons uh Extended one of the guys, Bree Bree Wilson, um, uh, who's a defensive back, and he he's had some success in Atlanta. He's obviously you're going to need to get somebody in the draft potentially, but Dante Fowler, you know, hopefully gets the other team's offense off the field to give the Falcons a short field or some time of possession, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean, so Dante Fowler has shown that he is a above average pass rusher. I'm not going to put him in league category. He's not an elite pass rusher, despite
1: um, eleven and a half sacks last year.
2: Yeah, despite eleven and a half. Okay, it, that's fair. Despite that, I mean, like he's not elite. But he is above average. Um, you know, elite pass rushers. You know, I'm gonna put that's a different category. That's uh, Khalil Mack. That's Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald. That's right. um, Uganke. I, I can never say his name right from Jacksonville. That's th- there's 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 some more. You know, you got Von Miller. Th- those are that's the category over there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, um, Dante Fowler is you know, one, one step out.
1: And he could hopefully get there this year. with Yeah. Like I said, he's,
2: he's still 26. It's, it's, it's not like he can't get there.
1: He might be entering that period in his career right now. Right.
2: Hopefully. Uh, so Dante Fowler. So the thing is I, so I feel like the main part of your defense is still, um, Grady Jarrett. Oh, Grady Jarrett is the, is the main player that's going to, he's going to anchor your defense. If he creates the disruption up front, Fowler will wreak, wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of your question, like, do I think Dante Fowler will be someone on the team that can maybe carry a couple of plays, maybe carry a half? Maybe. But will he have a game where he has three sacks? I'll guarantee you he'll have a game with three sacks. Hell yeah. But, <laughs> is he going to be the play, Is he going to star of your defense? No, that's going to be great, Jared.
1: Right. And and you gotta think about continuity. Who are the fans on no, Grady Jarrett's also a hometown well, product?
2: So, but well the thing is like Grady Jarrett plays a position that rarely gets recognized in football, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the defensive tackle. Right now there's very few defensive tackles that people can name. I I'm sure I don't know how many you can name, how many now they can name, you know, Aaron Donald, obviously you can name. I can right. name Akeem Hicks, I can name Grady Jarrett. There's some more I can name, but you know, in terms of pass rushers you can name, like defensive ends or outside linebackers versus defensive tackles. You know more about those. right? Well, and yeah,
1: and if for those, I think most people could look at when you think of Falcons, you think of Grady Jarrett without knowing his position. You say Grady Jarrett is good, the guy had three sacks in the Super Bowl.
2: Well, I think there's another reason why people look Grady Jarrett in Atlanta is just because of Grady Hospital, no. and the name kind of just goes with that.
1: Well, his father was Jesse Tuggle, who was a great Falcons legend, too. But I'm talking about outside of Atlanta. I think everybody knows the name Grady Jarrett on the Falcons because the guy played well on the biggest stage, and he's obviously better than Vic Beasley, who oh, was yeah. supposed to be the guy. So I think most people outside of Atlanta know Grady Jarrett as well. And then obviously when Dante Fowler jumped around to multiple markets, two people know him. Yeah. Um, so the Falcons have made great moves on offense. I don't think that there's so, any excuses for them not to succeed this year.
2: How do you feel about the Todd Gurley side?
1: So, okay. Gurley is good. I mean, the thing about Gurley, I like that it's a one year. I think I don't know if it was a five million dollar deal, but I know it is a one year deal, which I'm okay with because if it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, no harm, no foul. Low risk, high reward, right? That's kind of that's the other thing about these Falcons signings. Every signing that they've made in free agency so far has been a low risk, high reward sort of move, um, and part of the way that they were able to make that happen is. Jake Matthews and Matt Ryan's contracts were restructured, so I want to make sure that we mention that uh, because Thomas Dimitroff is good at math in that regard.
2: It's a one-year, $5 million contract.
1: Yeah, so one-year, $5 million deal. What's not to like about that? I would think most teams in the league would take that contract on if they could So, and if there's mutual interest, which there was in this case.
2: So my question is, you see Melvin Gordon, a player who has less miles than um, Todd Gurley, and someone who fits the offense better. Oh snap! Asif just popped his pop cherry. Crack I cherry. think yeah, that's <laughs> literally the
1: first one I've cracked
2: on the show. Crack cherry. Um, Maybe but yeah, not. but as someone like uh, Melvin Gordon, who signed for two years, sixteen million. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. You're rolling the dice on Todd Gurley, a former a player who was a former MVP candidate. But um, don't you think that? That's a player you would rather go after than someone like Todd Gurley? No, because here's the thing. Uh, Wisconsin- uh, uh, Please don't tell me it's UGA versus Wisconsin. That's a reason why. Because that should not play any reason
1: for it. No. Well, that's one reason. So, sorry (laughs) to tell you. That is one reason. That shouldn't be a reason. No. Well, I think the hometown thing does- Dude, with a fan base, if if the Falcons sign Melvin Gordon and let Todd Gurley sign someone else, the fan base here would be like- you might as well take a risk on either guy. And you got Gurley for a better price, right? Okay, the better price I agree with. So that's one. You got Gurley for a better price. You have Gurley who's played uh, in a system that is more supposed to be like your high potent offense system with Sean McVay, right? So now when you got Matt Ryan going up and down the field, this two-minute unstoppable offense, Todd Gurley knows what it's like to be in that position.
2: But Todd Gurley never fit Sean McVay's system.
1: Right, but... I don't I I wouldn't say that.
2: No, I mean, like like Sean McVay always brought in running backs because Todd Gurley isn't the type of receiver out of the backfield. Well, okay, McVay so is.
1: here's the thing. I guess when when I'm talking about that up-tempo sort of system, Matt Ryan is a guy who's going to play up tempo and he knows how to get people involved, right? Fair enough. Right, okay. Right. So Matt Ryan's going to see Todd Gurley and be like, "I can get this guy involved in my system." Now, Dirk Cutter for better or worse, and most Falcons fans I would think agree with this, is that Dirk Cutter's offensive style of play calling is very old school, very traditional. It's better suited for either guy. I mean, you could take Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley in the system, but I feel like if you're going to take a toss-up between the two, you might as well take the guy who has mutual interest in you that the fan base is going to get behind, that's going to come for you at a better price. He's still young at 25. He's probably younger than Melvin Gordon.
2: I mean, he's, he's at 25, but his knees are at 38.
1: I mean, it's one year. I would rather oh, yeah, take yeah. one year yeah, for five than year. two years for 16. There's a mutual interest there. Again, I'm going to go ahead and throw that the fan base is going to get more behind Gurley. I think Todd Matt Ryan probably knows Gurley's likes and dislikes better than he does Malvin Gordon because he's had a chance to watch him closer, right? And I also think, too, when an offense like this, when you've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Laquan Treadwell, Russell Gage, Ito Smith, Todd Gurley is not expected to do a lot, right? Maybe in maybe in L.A. it didn't work out because Sean McVay had a lot of emphasis placed on his running back. Whereas here, there's literally ten other stars on offense who are first rounders. It's not Todd it's like Gurley's star, but yeah. Or yeah, ten other first rounders though. Yeah, it's possible. not Ted Gurley. It's not Todd Gurley's responsibility to be as good as he was in LA or at UGA here. Yeah. I mean he just has to do enough.
0: Hey,
1: frankly he has to do better than Devontae Freeman.
0: Yeah, which is which is doable and And, I think I think he has and has the potential to do it.
2: But right now I think Devontae Freeman is the healthier running back. Uh, well, speaking
1: of Todd Gurley being a local product, okay, uh, we've, <laughs> Todd I mean, Gurley yeah, went to school at UGA.
2: Yeah, you, you cracked the beer, but you didn't talk about it for like five minutes. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to talk about it
1: now. So Todd Gurley went to UGA, which is where this beer is from that now, there's going to tell you about.
0: It's a, it is a collab between Creature Comfort uh, and Allagash Brewing Company, and it's called Get Comfortable. It's a Belgian-style IPA sitting at 6.6% ABV. Uh, thoughts. I like
1: this beer. I've had one already. But this is for charity by the way. It's for the Get Comfortable Fund that uh, so this is a collaboration beer and this is for 100% of the profits go to the Get Comfortable Fund which is at getcurious.com. Um, but I like this beer a lot. I'm not a big fan of Belgian beers or, you know, wheat beers, but Belgian style uh, what is it? IPA,
2: yeah. Wasn't IPA? So it's not a wheat, but it has that uh, it has that Belgian um this yeast, the Belgian yeast taste to it. The um I don't know how to describe it, but...
1: But it's the Belgian yeast is there and the Belgian uh, yeah. style is there, which I'm normally not a fan of, but
2: I, I like this a lot. I mean, you, you see it in, in a lot of your Belgian breweries, like Three Taverns, Wild Heaven, um, of course, Allagash. Um, yeah, no, this is this is really nice. I think um, they hit
1: a home run with that. It's a perfect yeah. time to talk about Todd Gurley. Um, this <laughs> is from Athens, Creature yeah, Conference, Todd Comforts. Gurley, Athens. Well, shout out.
2: I, I guess, um, Todd Gurley coming to Atlanta is pretty comfortable for him, so right. we can move forward. And that's that, why I would think it's a
1: better move. And the bill, one thing I wanted to add, yeah, is I heard this, um, somewhere else, you know, because I do my research. You're not seeing more than three year deals right now in NFL free agency because a collective bargaining agreement that is going to go into effect next year and the TV deals are going to be finalized and the revenue forecasts are going to be done. That's when you're going to see like the four or five-year long-term deals with these free agents. That's why Fowler got a three-year deal. That's why some of these other guys are getting three-year deals or getting the rest of their contracts paid out. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. It's like I it, mean,
2: that makes sense. I think the only non-three-year deal I've seen is Robert Quinn, which is a five-year deal, but it's essentially a three-year deal.
1: Okay, and then back to your point about Gordon versus Gurley, would you rather have are you telling me that the Falcons would have better off taking Melvin Gordon instead of Todd Gurley
2: right now? I think absolutely. I think, uh, one, he's a better receiver out of the backfield. Um, So Matt Ryan always trusted his um, tight ends to throw to and also his running backs. I mean, look at Devontae Freeman. He got a lot of his touchdowns catching the ball out of the backfield.
1: Tevin Coleman got a couple too. Yeah.
2: So Todd Gurley
1: has caught touchdown pass. As a matter of fact, I think Todd Gurley caught a touchdown pass against the Falcons last season when the Rams were here. I'm pretty sure that happened. I mean, that's cool. Because they put Vic Beasley on them in coverage. Don't uh, get me started.
2: So that's really cool, but um, <laughs> Melvin Gordon is a better receiver out of the backfield than Todd Gurley, and that's just a factual statement. Okay,
1: and you know, you're probably not wrong about that. I don't have the numbers to back it up, but you're probably not wrong about that. You're a smarter guy. I'll also <laughs> say that Dirk Cutter's system is better designed around the traditional running back, which Todd Gurley seems to well, be. And also, too, I would say the fact that Melvin Gordon held out on his teammates, I would think he he cost himself some money there.
2: Well, yeah, and that's why he signed a two year, sixteen million dollar contract, which would have made him affordable for the for the Falcons as well. Um, and in terms of a player, you know, holding out against this team, that I, I never hold that against a player because you got to get your money, and especially running backs these days, they don't get paid as we just saw. Former MVP candidate, one year, five million. Um, a top – he's a top-five fantasy running back in a normal situation, Melvin Gordon, signing a two-year, $16 million contract. I mean, running backs don't get paid. So if you're going to hold out, more respect to you.
1: Yeah. So I think – sorry, Mm -hmm. now that I'll let you continue in a second. But I think this season we'll see – Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, like their careers are kind of intertwined in that sense of they're both coming out of the AFC or the, the out of the West coast, right? One AFC, one NFC, but they're both coming out of that and going into different teams, trying to prove something and hopefully extend their careers with their current contracts, yeah. and, which uh, one's a better fit. You and know? the only,
2: the only other thing is that everyone knows Todd Gurley's knees are shot. And that's the only reason. And again, it's not that big of a gamble. It's one year, 5 million. So it's not that huge of a gamble, um I just thought that the Falcons are on their last string and they would they would go for the bigger home run in Melvin Gordon but that's just me.
0: Makes sense. And then we you know there is still one unknown that's coming up and that is the huge NFL draft. Um so we've seen, you know, the big splash signings of the free agency, we've seen um we've seen big names go somewhere um I think the next thing we have looking forward to, obviously with this void of sports is the NFL draft. Um, just really quickly, I was wondering, you know, you know, I guess we'll stick with Asif, we'll run with the Falcons. Um, where do you see the Falcons going in the draft? What do you think they pick up? What are their needs? Uh, what's next? What do you want from the Falcons in the draft?
1: Yeah, so Nabil, to your point about, hey, one year, five million, you could have got Melvin going for two years. I I think the Falcons also probably have a plan to get a running back in the draft, right? I think that that has to have figured into the equation at some point. Um, but before they get a running back in the draft, I think the Falcons, with their first pick in number 16, it seems like the most obvious answer, the most likely answer, is going to be Chase on the, the edge rusher from LSU. Um, okay. And... Dude, this kid is a beast, man. I mean, he made plays in the national championship game. He was just on an undefeated team. Another SEC product, which I know local people love, I certainly am a big fan of. Um, There's some people saying that they might have to trade up to get him because other teams. I hope they don't. I hope they don't either because he could potentially fall to the Falcons at 16, which would be ideal. Um, But in the sense of they might have to trade up to get him, just shows you how good his value is. And how good of a player he is. So this guy is national champion. Um, he's been killing it at the Combine, which is where he really impressed a lot of people. And that's why, hey, he might not even be there at 16. So if in the worst case scenario, I, I would love to see him fall to Atlanta. Not even fall to Atlanta, but I would love to see Atlanta get him at 16 without yeah. having to give up anything. If that doesn't work out, some potential... Defensive end or defensive line additions for Atlanta because I think that's where the first pick has to be for the Falcons, despite having Brady Jerry and Dante Fowler. Okay. Is um, there's a guy, AJ Epenza, I believe his last name, and he's a defensive end from Iowa. This guy's 6'6, 280, which is.
2: I've seen him mock to you guys since January.
1: Yeah, and he can play tackle or he can play the end on the 4-3 set. So, I mean, that kind of versatile player. There's another guy out there who Chason might be considered, obviously outside of Chase Young, who's maybe the best player in the draft, um, outside of him and uh, Chason, another guy who's getting a lot of attention is the guy Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. Defensive tackle from South Carolina. Okay, and the difference between them two is it seems like Kinlaw is more of a Kinlaw is more of a raw talent. And he's more of a traditional defensive line player. Where Chaseon kind of has the ability to be a little bit more versatile. Um, it's possible though because he is so good, he might go ahead of Chaseon, right? I mean, it, 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 you know at that point you're looking at Chase Young as number one, and then two A and two B between Kinlaw and Chaseon, right? And then Apenza could just fit the system really well. And then there's a dark horse pick of that I that I think of this guy is Zach Braun, uh, who's an edge rusher from Wisconsin, and he can play linebacker or edge. Now, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is uh, Campbell.
2: Devonte Campbell, yep.
1: Yeah, Devontae Campbell left Atlanta um, to go to Arizona, so good for him to get paid. But now there's a void at the linebacker position for Atlanta. So now, if you're looking at a hybrid guy to maybe fill both roles. This guy, Zach Braun from Wisconsin, could do it. And then, lastly, as far as your top picks for Atlanta are concerned, um, there's a cornerback filled or a secondary void that needs to be filled with a guy, CJ Henderson from Florida. Um, arguably the second best cornerback in the draft, and his numbers are he's he ran a 4.39 at the combine, he's 6.1204. He's got nine inch hands. Me personally, I don't like the idea of taking a cornerback in the draft. Um, At least that high. Trufant worked out well for like a year or two, got hurt, and now he's gone. I would rather have somebody where it's more of a natural fit to just, hey, plug this guy in on the line, go get the quarterback. That's your job. You know how to do that. Whereas in the NFL, the offenses and the defenses are very complex. You got to get a cornerback and you got to train them. They can do that. The Falcons just extended a guy. They drafted a guy last year in the draft who's supposed to fill this role. I would like to see Chase on the Penza or even Zach Braun or Kinlaw with your first pick. And then eventually you go off the secondary. You don't need to get another wide receiver, so that's good. So take more gambles on either your line or your linebacker or the kid J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State to get your insurance policy for Todd Gurley should it not work out, or even if it does work out.
2: Do you you really think they're going to draft a running back this year? Not
1: unless – I would Not say unless ap- and until the best players are off the board, of, and also their needs are addressed. But I don't think that you need to reach for a running back if, yet.
2: If Atlanta drafts a running back for the fifth round, that would be shocking to me at this point, just because they got Todd Gurley. But Wiz Dobbins keep,
1: probably won't be available at that point yeah, anyway. He won't, he won't. Yeah, neither would the Andre Swift, who I know you like as well. Yeah, sorry yeah. for interrupting you. Now. There, no, ahead.
0: that's fine. I think, but what I hear you say, Osif, is a lot of these picks. At least your first three-round picks need to go to addressing the defense, um, starting at linebacker, defensive linebacker, defensive ends, and then cornerbacks if possible. You don't see any picks going to the offense until later. Is that what I?
1: Yeah, if at all, really. Yeah. I mean, your offensive picks are going to be luxury picks. Again, you have 10 or 11 first-rounders on the offense. You don't really need to invest another pick in that. And if you do invest another pick in that, it has to be at running back. Because that's the only position where you're like, okay, what do we look at next year? There's going to be a void there. Hayden Hurst is down for two years. Your receivers are good. Running back would be the only offensive need and maybe offensive line that needs to be addressed. If there's somebody that good available for you. But with your first two picks, if you're Atlanta, you've got to go edge rusher, defensive end, linebacker, secondary. Ideally. I mean, unless I'm wrong, but I would think that that has to be the strategy, especially with the offseason season. And free agency signings and trades that you've had. Yeah. For sure. Um, Makes real, sense. Real quick. We just had another beer open. There's a couple beers in here. Um, where is this one at? This is Wine uh, Creek Brewing. Creek, yep. Night Watcher Extra Stout with toasted coconut and chocolate.
0: From Super uh,
2: our friends yeah.
0: locally at Peachtree City.
2: Very solid. Yeah, very solid stout. Very easy drinking. Very smooth. Chocolatey as hell. <laughs>
1: you might need one of these for the draft, though. I don't know, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I did want to announce that um, there was semi-break. Well, not semi-breaking news. Uh, he was—he didn't play all of last year, but Travis Frederick, uh, Cowboys center, did retire today um, at 29. He had um, an autoimmune disease, so I'm not 100. percent wow! Yeah, not 100 sure what the disease is that he retired from. He didn't play last year, but when he did play, he was arguably a top five center, maybe a top the number one center depending on where you look. But yeah. I mean at twenty nine retired.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, uh, former Wisconsin
2: w- former Wisconsin product. So.
0: Fairly young. Um and moving on to the other side, Nabil, your where do you see the Bears drafting or what do you what do you see are there still their needs for the Bears so, uh, during this draft?
2: after the nick Foles trade our draft capital is very low i think we have seven draft picks and i know what you're saying there's only seven rounds but you're right but we have two twos two fifths a sixth and a seventh is that seven yeah two, th- two twos two fifths a six no that's six whatever oh wait no yeah five six seven yeah yeah there we go maybe whatever uh, we don't have that many picks. So <laughs> let's just say that you know, it's so little I can't even count them. On on
0: average, you have a, a little around, one pick around. Yeah, usually.
2: Yeah. Um, again, and this is coming based off of the um, Khalil Mack trade and trading up last year for David Montgomery. We have to give up future capital to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, we did what we did, and we are where we are. So now we have to use the picks where they are. Um, I I am ninety percent confident. Comp- Confident that a Ryan Pace is going to trade down one of the second round picks to gain additional draft capital because we still have a lot of needs. Yeah. Um. But you know, going through some mock mock drafts and they're just just looking at them, um. And they're literally all over the place. Um. One CBS has us taking Jacob Easton in the second round with the draft pick that the vi- that we got from Vegas from um the Raiders. Yeah. In the Cleo Mack trade, and. I would be completely okay with us drafting Jacob Eason as long as we trade Mitch Trubisky before we draft Jacob Eason. I cannot have Jacob Eason, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles all in the quarterback room. Even
0: though two out of three of those players are on rookie contracts.
2: Well,
1: there's also a possibility that Jacob Eason might go to Saint New Orleans at yeah, the end of the first round.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Jacob Eason, uh, I've seen Jacob Eason um, in mock drafts going anywhere from a top twenty pick to the third round. Yeah. So it, with Jacob Eason is more of a gamble and more of like how the how the um, coaches feel about him. Now the one good not good part, but uh, the one thing from the coronavirus that's going around is. Players aren't gonna have their pro days. Yeah. Players aren't gonna have visits. Yep. So whatever you got at the combine, that's all the data you have on your players. Yeah. You can do video conferencing, but you can't really
0: You can't see them work out or go visit Or how or much can
2: you really know someone from a video conference? Yeah you know? true of course. I mean he's not in front of you. You know, he's I have done job interviews over a video conference and I wasn't wearing pants <laughs> <laughs> how much I'm surprised
0: you' are wearing pants right now um,
2: I'm not it's a I literally <laughs> recorded like the last
1: like 10 seconds on Instagram at Bears Birds and bridge I wish the best, I
2: would I wish best part but yeah I mean literally a video <laughs> conference you're missing half of the person it's, literally it's it's chest up yeah and I mean that that so that's what's gonna be the struggle for GMs for for own, even owners I mean owners have to vet you know, I saw draft day. I know it's not—it's n- 90% untrue, but <laughs> owners are definitely involved <laughs> in the draft. I believe it they to know, some extent. I mean, if you get the number one pick. The owners want to know what's going to happen. Well, they I also mean,
0: have to sign those contracts, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, right now, the Bengals owner um, is definitely in on like, hey, what's happening with Joe Burrow? Does he want to come here? Does he want to come here? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah. Because that's his money. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, like, so this, with coronavirus and everything not, Everyone having to be socially distant it's <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna impact the draft which They're, is
0: interesting to see like that's one of the things you don't really talk about or hear because yeah. obviously it's a i mean the, it's the, a luxury the, i mean
2: that's that's not a big deal i mean look uh sports stop the world still go goes around yeah of course and uh, and as as entertained as we we would like to be i mean sports at the end of the day it's billion dollar industry it's a luxury it's a luxury yeah, yeah. sure
0: Hundred percent. Who um, else do you see the Bears going after? So you're okay with them picking up Eason just later in the draft?
2: I would love Eason in the second round. I mean, but I'd need Mitch to get traded first. Okay. I, I can't have Mitch in the same I can't have Mitch be there and Eason be there because it's I, I don't know, it just seems like it, it won't work. It's like mixing oil and water. Okay. Um who else? If if not
0: Eason, what else where else do you see the Bears filling in needs? So we
2: need a corner. Um, we got rid of Princeton Mukamara. Mm-hmm. We did bring in Artie Burns. We did get the guy, Trey Robertson, from uh, the CFL. So we have some options. Uh, we have a couple of in-house options as well, but A.J. Terrell from uh, Clemson, and there's uh, Jalen um, Johnson from Utah, both elite defenses this year. Yep. Both could potentially be there in the second round, uh, and both could fill a need. Uh, one player I would love the Bears to get. Um, I'm not sure if they can pull it off. It's Isaiah Wilson, a UGA offensive lineman. He's a guard. He's a tackle. He can play a little bit of both. And, I mean, he's just a big fucking human being that you can just plug in (laughs) anywhere, and he'll (laughs) move people. And that's what you need in football. Makes sense. I mean, on on an offensive line, that definitely helps. Uh, Cole Clement would be awesome as well. He's a tight end from Notre Dame. And I just... I would like to get them, but right now the Bears have 10 tight ends on their roster. Yep. So there has to be some cleaning in-house on the ro- tight ends before you can get another one in. I saw um, a tweet the other day that said, uh, who would you rather have, the Bulls starting nine or the Bears starting tight ends? <laughs> and there were 10 tight ends, and it was a Bulls starting nine. I don't know why I said starting nine. I, I don't heard. know why either. I don't know why I said nine. I've, I maybe I've been drinking too much or I miss baseball. One of the Could two. be. Either or.
0: Um, all right. Fair enough. I think we have a couple of closing notes um, with all of the coronavirus stuff, as Nabil mentioned earlier. um, A lot of your local breweries are either hurting or are doing things to help the local community. Um, We do have a couple of shout outs, uh, shout outs to our good friends at Good Word, um, really smooth, who have turned their, their brew pub into a soup kitchen and are offering free meals for anyone who needs it. Uh, we have our good friends at Good uh, at uh, Monday Night as well, who are offering or still selling beer to go, um, and all of the proceeds then go to either paying their They're staff displaced or employees displaced employees. Um, I don't know what Pontoon is doing. Asa inside? Well, any insight.
1: Yeah, no. All all of your favorite breweries around town right now are, are struggling. All of your favorite restaurants around town and around the country right now are struggling. It's unfortunate, but it's true buy a gift card, go out to the brewery, buy some beer to go. If they got a free meal for you, get it. Give them a tip. Give them a generous tip. You know, we're all struggling right now. We know it. So if you can't do it, you can't do it. But the most, the least we can do is raise awareness. The most we can do is what we can do, right? So just go out there, give them some money. We all need the love and support right now from one another. Take care of local. Yeah. And, you know, um, I just want to give a shout out real quick to Shazman who got us beer. Uh, yep. from a while back because you know this king of pops uh chocolate sea salt beer as part of the push cart series the imperial ale i'm a big fan of it but the real the real deal is is there's a pandemic out there we're all struggling you know we're stiff arm distancing right now that's our new <laughs> olympic sport <laughs> shout out to dick pound that's not happening until another year yep dick um, pound dick pound But go to your favorite brewery, go to your favorite restaurant, see what they're doing. If they got food to go, get it to go. Give them a tip. If they don't have anything, buy a gift card. Hopefully, they'll come back in business. Yeah. And just be kind to your fellow human, whether it's online or in person or wherever. We all need to be here for one another right now. So let's do that, y'all.
0: Let's do
2: it. Definitely.
0: And another thing, up to look for. Nabil, tell us what are we doing with NFL Game Pass? So
2: um, the NFL so graciously has released every game from two thousand nine to the Super Bowl last year. What on NFL Game Pass for free? Wow. So what we are gonna do? That means you can just watch it. You at can just any watch. Time. And they are actually thirty minute episodes. Do you, nice. do you know? Do you know how quick thirty minutes is? It's really for a
0: super uh, for an. NFL game? Really I mean, quick. I mean, it's I, less than this episode. It's, it's I was less than that. this episode. <laughs> so there you go.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you an episode of Friends, an uh, episode of The Simpsons. But yeah, you yeah. Can, so what we're going to do this weekend, I know, I know I'm going to do it. Hopefully, you two are going to do it.
0: Maybe. Let's see how this weekend goes. I'm going
2: back. I'm going way back into the throwback. 2009. <laughs> I'm going to the season 2009, week one. Uh, it's going to be the Miami, Falc- Miami, Falc- Miami, Miami Dolphins oh, right. at the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to watch... The Bears. Chicago Bears at the Green Bay, at the at Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I'm watching both of those games, and you know what? Yeah. I'm going to talk about it on the next episode. I'm going to watch both of those games. I'm going to bring you guys some flashback from reality. I don't know is Tony Gonzalez in this on this roster? I think he is. I think so. Does he catch a touchdown? Maybe. I Think so. And Do we what? still have
0: Jake the Smoking Cutler.
2: Uh, yep, I get mm-hmm. to see Jake Cuddy. I get to see Cuddy, so we're gonna get some Cuddy Cuddy breakdown, Matt Ryan breakdown, Brian Erlacher breakdown, Lance Briggs breakdown. Yeah, I may even get a Man. Hester breakdown. Good so. old days,
0: good old days. There we go. Uh, Reminisce. For, for our listeners, we are cutting the bill off after this segment. Thank so God, he will no longer be slurring or making mistakes. Um, again, closing off. Follow us at Bears Birds and Brews on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, has thank you for listening to us again. Hope everyone is safe. Wash your hands, support your local breweries. Thank you for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Dick pound.